This is Brendan Rice, and you're listening to Roster Watch. Welcome back to the Roster Watch X exclusive rookie mock draft. It's going to be a super flex one today. Once again, we're going to be going through three rounds X exclusive. You got to stay tapped in over here at Roster Watch on X or Twitter, whatever you want to call it. Today, I'm joined by one of my best friends in the whole industry. I see this man in the flesh a few times a year, but I also also see him in the streets every single day at DestinationDevy.com and at DestinationDevy on the YouTubes, my main man, Ray Garvin, at Ray GQ. How you doing, brother? Blessed to be here, Cody. It was good to see you a couple of weeks ago. You doing your thing. You know, we were talking pre-show and just just excited to watch and continue to watch the success that you've had, my friend. You are a hard-working individual. So uh, I'm glad to get on here and chop it up with some rookies because we have not done this yet. I don't know what you think about these players. So this should be a good one, man. This is this is what I like about the whole process is everyone's kind of in their own little cocoon. The Super Bowl's over with now, and now you're going to start seeing people pop out with these extravagant thoughts, and you know that's how the whole process goes. So we just got to stay the course. We got to do your own research. You got to come come with the facts and, and, and kind of stay in line with what you know. So we're going to start out first and foremost today. We're going to do three rounds, super flex, no tight end premium. We're going to go through 36 picks because that's what three rounds is in a 12-team league. Ray's going to start out first and foremost at the 101, so I'm going to let him get that thing from the jump. Yeah, man, I'm going to just do it like this. I know there's a lot of conversation with the 101, Cody, but for me, for me, I'm still taking that man out of Southern California, Caleb Williams, 101. It's super flex. I don't need to dive into all the reasons why, but for me, Caleb Williams is still my 101 in super flex rookie drafts. I think that's the conversation, right? It's the flat circle of the draft. And it's been like this so long, people start to get sick of it. They start to say, ah, well, you know what? We can add these other running, these other quarterbacks up here. Maybe you want to put the receivers up there. I get it. Stay the course. Stay the course with Caleb Williams. So I like that. 102, I'm kind of going to do the same thing here. I'm staying with the quarterback. All I've heard is positive things from Drake May's camp out of North Carolina. He's got the size, six foot five, 215, 220 pounds. Still got the frame to add 10 more pounds on and potentially be in that conversation, not there yet, in that conversation of the Herberts and the Josh Allens of the world. And, of course, we know what that means for fantasy football, what Josh Allen's giving us right now. So I think I'm going to stick with Drake May here at the 102 and just roll with it in Superflex. Man, you put, me in a, uh, you put me in an interesting spot because I have not done a mock where Drake May has gone 102, leaving me the option between Jaden Daniels and Marvin Harrison Jr., so I do think if I were on the clock and this is money on the line, I've got to make this decision. It's my dynasty league and I'm at the 103 and I've got a shot to get Marvin Harrison Jr. Even in Superflex, I think I'm taking him ahead of Jaden Daniels. And it's not because I think he's going to outscore the quarterbacks, but he is probably one of the more ironclad assets in dynasty fantasy football right now. Like it or not, people have him as a top three, top five dynasty receiver. And I'm pretty sure with Marv, I can go buy whatever quarterback I'd want. So if I was at the 103 and had the shot to get Marv, as much as I love Jaden Daniels, my personal QB2, I don't think I can pass up Marv right here at 103. 
I know you've been doing rankings. I know you've been doing cornerstone rankings and everything going back, and you probably already have Marvin ranked in this class, or sorry, ranked in Dynasty. Can you can you share with the folks? You can find everything over at DestinationDevy.com, your whole rankings. But can you share with the folks where you have Marv plugged in here in Dynasty? Because I personally, I put him five right after uh, Amon Ross St. Brown. That's where he's at. I got him at five. I think you can go five six, but he's right there, five six. No 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 further than that. No higher than five for me right now. That's kind of exactly how I feel. It's like we know what the projection is. We know what's there, but I'm not ready to put him up in that big dog conversation quite yet. Not yet. Not yet. Not yet. I, but it's there. I mean, the opportunity's there in, in a few of these offenses that he goes to, but you still got to play. If he goes to New England and he ain't got a quarterback, you're going to be chewing on rubber for a little while. So uh, 104 here. The question does become, do you stick with that quarterback or do I go back to wide receiver? I'm going to go back to the quarterback. I'm going to go take Jaden Daniels. He looks like he's going to be a bona fide top five pick right now. There's even some mocks coming out with him going ahead of Drake May in NFL mock drafts. Shout out to Lance Zierlein over at NFL.com. But Jaden Daniels has the rushing upside. He was prolific and lethal in 2023. And I think that's something that can translate to the NFL in a multitude of ways, not only just the rushing, but he also is pretty accurate and pretty dynamic downfield. So I'm going to stick with Jaden Daniels here at the 104. All right. That's a treat. That's a good spot to be in. If you're at 104 super flex and you land the talent that is Jaden Daniels, I think that's a great spot. And I'd feel awesome about that. Again, I thought about taking him at 103, but I mean, this is an easy choice. 105. I don't need to dive too deep into it. Malik neighbors. He's a dog. Been talking about him for two and a half years. Awesome comparisons out there from DJ Moore, Jamar Chase. I said he reminds me of Isaac Bruce, and I know a lot of people are too young to remember who the hell Isaac Bruce is, but he's got a little bit of that to his game, a little bit bigger than Bruce was. But neighbors, I think he is a bona fide superstar, and I just challenge a lot of people to find something that Marvin Harrison does that Malik Neighbors can't. I think a lot of the value is baked into that Marvin Harrison Jr. name. This is an elite wide receiver prospect, and at 105, I'm more than excited to grab him. As I went through the whole class, I can understand the rumblings you see on Twitter. People are like, man, I'm going to have neighbors number one. Like, I get it. I totally get it when you really dive into what neighbors – he's he's pretty elite at a lot of different things. And you bring up Isaac Bruce. That's a big That's a big callback. That's a long time ago. That's 25, what, 25 years ago now? But I, I think there's a multitude of dudes in the league right now that are at the top level that you don't want to compare these guys to. But he does a lot of things that's similar to those guys. Uh, at the 106, this is where the questions begin for me, but I'm going to stick with the – I think it's – I don't think it's the last guy in this tier, but I think it's a receiver that has stylistic comparisons to Jamar Chase. He doesn't play with the same speed of Jamar Chase. Uh, he, he He's pretty – pretty uh, extra i shouldn't know how to, how to say this he's pretty uh, outlandish in his output this year and his expectation of his 40 yard dash is supposed to be in the four threes it's rumored to be in the four threes but he plays big he doesn't play as fast roma dunze from washington's a guy there was conversations last year uh they were talking on the athletic the gm podcast um i'm blowing his name right now but i was talking to him in the dms and he was like man roma dunze would be the wide receiver three in this class why isn't he coming out and i was like that I don't, I don't know. And he's a wide receiver three in this class too. And he's just, he's just a, he's a top, top end talent. It's it's about, I wouldn't say it's as a guarantee as a Malik neighbors. I think Malik neighbors is the best guarantee at the wide receiver position in this class. I think Roma Dunze might be the second best guarantee. And I'm not even bringing in Marvin until probably third or fourth in that list. I'm not saying that's bad or anything, but I think Rome is a guarantee in the league right now. So he's an incredible talent, man. How do you, how awesome would it have been to see Rome 
Michael Penix, and Puka Nakua. They were they were together there in Washington together for one season. They would have been if Puka would have transferred out uh, to BYU, but Rome is dope, elite. man. So elite. yeah. So you got me on the spot at 107, man. And let me just ask you, is this mock tight end premium or no? No, sir. There's no, there's, listen, listen. This is the question. This is the big one right here. It's not, but it's not even a question, Cody. There's no freaking way I'm taking a damn tight end in a non-tight end premium league in the first, I'm just not doing it, dog. Like I'm not doing it. If you want to sell me on the value of Brock Bowers and what you can trade for him, Cool, but I'm not taking a damn tight end at 107 in a non-tight end premium league. For me, Brian Thomas Jr. is my wide receiver four, six foot four, 200 plus pounds. He fits the mold of an older prototypical X outside wide receiver. A lot of people don't even know, but going into LSU, he was actually the higher rated recruit over Malik neighbors. So he's got the profile. He's got the pedigree. I think he's going to test very, very well. I'm a big BTJ fan, give me Brian Thomas Jr. right here. Damn. See, that's this is one of the ones where I haven't been I haven't been tapped in completely to all of your content. I've been tapped into really anybody's content, to be honest with you. And I'm going through these guys. I try to keep everybody out, do my thing, come back in. And I'm gonna be honest with you, dog. I'm, Who did I'm, you think I was taking? Who'd you think I'm, I was taking? Bro, I Troy? thought you were gonna take Brock. I thought you were gonna take Brock again before no. you brought it in. But what I'm saying is uh, maybe I got to go back to the, I I went pretty deep in Brian Thomas and I, I got Brian Thomas is uh, I don't want to tell you where I got Brian Thomas right now. Where you got, no, tell me this is here. Here's the thing, Cardi, real talk. More people in the fantasy space need to do this. Yeah, More I, people I, need I, to have constructive dialogue back and forth about agreeing on, cause I'm going to tell you right now, once we get to Troy Franklin, we ain't going to agree anyway. So you might as well yeah. disagree with the B. What is it about BTJ? You don't like. I think it's speed up the line of scrimmage. It's caused headaches for opposing defenses. Like he he caused headaches for Alabama uh, with McKinstry and Arnold. He can take the top off of literally any defense. I think he creates quick separation at the line of scrimmage. He can leave defenders in the dust. But I think that's one of the only things he can do. I don't think he has the ability to win across the middle and in the, in the short areas. I think he struggles with concentration drops at times. Um, if he's not pressing defenders downfield, I think he runs idle a little bit in the middle quadrants when he knows he's not going to get the ball. I think. Well, let him in do the that. NFL, let him do the, the things ones, he does well. Let him. This, this, let him do the shit he does well. The one thing I think that has to happen is he has to be placed in a potent offense. He has to be placed in a Dallas, a Cincinnati, something like this, even a Miami, something where they can game plan around him. They can utilize him, um, and I think that creates the ability to make him a lethal number two, which is exactly what he was in college, right? With neighbors, despite leading the country in touchdowns with 17, I think he needs to be in an offense that wants to feature him as that and what he's good at. I think he could be completely screwed to be honest, if he's put in a spot where he's like asked to come in and be the alpha, he's asked to come in and be the dude. And it's a it's a balanced offense. There's it's it's uninspired when you're talking about going downfield and doing things of that nature. And it's like, oh man, yeah, we'll throw him like one a game. Like that you can't have that. It's got to be a potent offense with the ability to be creative and push that football. And I think he's too dialed into a specific type of way. Ten of seventeen touchdowns this year with twenty five plus yards downfield. I think it's too it's too it's for me it's too narrow of a slice of pie to hit. And so that's why I have a much lower than 
guys that I feel better about in the middle quadrants consistently on first downs, getting, you know, five, six, seven catches a game rather than betting on a two, three or an offense, betting on an offense. That's kind of where I'm at right now. So I got him honestly, I'm going to be honest with you. I got him at wide receiver 12 in, for NFL. What in fantasy is going to be my wide receiver number? Okay, well, here's the thing. Your expectation level. I don't. I think there are three number ones in this class from day one. Marv, Malik, Rome. Other than that, everybody else is vying to be a two or a three. So what's 100%. your level of expectation for the player? I don't want Brian Thomas coming in to be the one. I'm looking at him as a complimentary asset to a Jamar Chase in Cincinnati, to a Michael Pittman in Indianapolis, to another team that's already got an established one and let him just do the things that he does well. My level of expectation for him is not wide receiver one. It's upside. Like we got to get old. Everybody's not going to be a damn superstar. There's 12 wide receiver ones in fantasy. I don't believe that many wide receivers in this class outside the top three are actually that. So with that, you brought up Michael Pittman, right? You wanted to be the number two for Michael Pittman. Michael Pittman was a second round pick. The problem I have is Brian Thomas is currently getting mocked 20th, 19th, 23rd overall in first, in the first round. So that tells me that some expectation, if that's true, if that stands, if he goes 20th, 21st, 22nd, you know guys that went around that spot. Jefferson's went there. Lambs went there. The expectation for those dudes is not to just be the number two on an offense, right? It's it's the much higher expectation. So I think that's partly built into my, my analysis of like I'm I'm scared. I'm scared of some, some offense bringing him in and expecting him to be the number one, which is what I don't think he can be. So uh, with the one away here, we'll just we'll just rip the Band-Aid off. You said we're going to have another conversation here. Let's have it. Troy Franklin's my one away right here, right now. And I think Troy Franklin, his – so this is where – first off, let me ask you, are you pro or, pro or low? Are you pro Franklin or are you low on Franklin? He's fine for what he's going to be. I okay. think he's fine. I think he's fine. All right. So here's the thing. You know I was low on Devonta Smith, right? You remember this conversation. Yes, I remember I that. On, yes, yes. I was low on Devonta Smith. Troy Franklin, this is part of the – You better entirety, not. You better, you better entirety, not. The entirety of life when you're doing stuff like this, when you're analyzing players, you're analyzing positions, you're analyzing things, drafts, fan, whatever the hell it is, right, is the Bayesian process. you got to continue to take things, learn things, make new, adjust. He's got a rare build, 6'3", projected 187. We'll see what happens at the combine in a couple of weeks. He uses his frame well. I think he's filled out. He's built. If you've seen some of the the video, not only on the game, but like they've done like pressers and stuff like that on the side. This dude's got muscles in those spots where Devonta was lean, and he, again he weighs 17 more pounds than Devonta, but with the frame, it, it, they look similar uh, when they're out there on the field. Um, I think he keeps defenders at arm's length pretty well. There's again, there's only one player that's been drafted in the last 20 years, Marquez Wilson. And went in the seventh round to the Chicago Bears with this build right here, six foot three, 187 pounds. There's another one that's close, is like Jerome Simpson, but really nobody's been really of this this build right here. Franklin, to me, is showing the ability to win in almost all quadrants on the field. Um, he struggles a little bit in contested situations, progressions as a hand catcher. I do have a little question about that. He did have some drops. Um, and I I have a little question about the drops. That's about it. I think he, if I remember the stat, I think he was the top in the FBS in drops this year with nine. But I love him. 
I love him, to be honest with you. I love him. He's my wide receiver four right now, and I put those four dudes in one tier. I put Harrison, Neighbors, Adenze, and Franklin in the same tier. My expectation is not the same for Franklin as it is for Adunze, Neighbors, and Harrison, but it's it's right there. I think he has the abilities to – I'm not going to say names, but I think he has the abilities no, to say go it. into Nah, don't cop out, Cody. Don't co- You've already invoked the name Devonta Smith, which is blasphemous to even compare those two as prospects because Devonta Smith's final season was otherworldly. The frame, the frame, the frame. That was the that was the comp. The comp okay. Was the frame. Well, well I, I'm glad we I'm glad we cleared that up. Listen, yeah. I think Troy Franklin is fine. I think for what he's going to do, he's fine. But you talked about Brian Thomas's hands. Go turn on the the Utah yeah. tape and just watch Troy Franklin. Just turn on the Utah tape and watch him. So you can't give me concentration drops here and then go to Troy yeah. Franklin. He struggles I, I, with yeah. press coverage. You get a cornerback, yeah. hands on him at the line of scrimmage. He's all over the damn place. And he played in a gimmicky-ass offense in Oregon, man. Listen, I thought Tess Johnson was just as good. I think Tess Johnson is a stud. At Oregon, what I believe Franklin is going to be is a field stretching flanker at the next level. I do not view him as a one. I do mm-hmm. not even remotely have him in the same tier as the top three guys. I've got him, I believe, as wide receiver eight or nine in this class. I think he's fine. Again, my expectation is for him to be a field stretching flanker, maybe develop into a number two option at the next level. I'm not out, but I, I, I just there are three elite players in this class. Troy Franklin yeah. is not one of them for me. I like it. I get it, hundred percent. I get it, but right, where we I at? do want to clear that up. I'm not comparing him to Devonta. It's just the extrapolation <laughs> of size. That's kind of the target there. I, I do. I, do I think he can get to that level of output in the NFL? I do think so. But uh, we're at the 109 here, and uh, there's a few guys on the board here that are uh, still hot commodities. Yeah, it's a lot of hot commodities, and one big name is out there. And I'm gonna let you draft them. I'm gonna let you draft them. But this is super flex, right? Super flex, yeah, right? Sure. Yes, sir. I'm going my QB4, J.J. McCarthy. Load him up. J.J. McCarthy, I know everything that he didn't do. Everybody's got the same million-dollar question. Did Michigan not let him throw because they know he can't do it, or did they just truly not need him to do that? He's going to get the draft capital. He's got the requisite tools. I like him. And if he gets gets the capital that everybody's projecting – Remember how much people hated Will Levis and they hated this guy. And then all of a sudden, as soon as Will got in and threw four touchdown passes, value skyrocketed. So for me, J.J. McCarthy, I, I am a fan of his game. I'm a fan of the projected capital. And I know how super flex gamers are going to think. The moment he gets in there and do anything, it's a value game. Give me J.J. McCarthy and super flex at 109. I like that. And I think we're going to be in the same boat with this McCarthy thing because he's my QB4 as well. Um, my QB5 is a tougher conversation between Bo Nix and Michael Penix. Um, but for this setting right now, the projected draft capital right now is Penix, about 15 to 20 spots, likely higher in the NFL draft than Michael Penix. I'm going to go ahead and take Bo Nix right here at the 110 and just kind of bet on him going to an offense that wants to use him, whether it is a New Orleans, whether it's a Seattle, whatever it is. I think he's going to end up in an offense that does have weapons. And I, I, I personally have a little bit of hesitation about them putting him out there in year one. My boy Matty Kiwum would tell you that he's he, you know, you got to roll with what Bo's doing. Bo was cold at Auburn. They came to Oregon. He's been hot. You can't you can't let him sit on the bench for any time because he's gonna cool off. I don't know how I feel about that situation, but if he does go top 20, I think he'll be pressed into a starting position sooner than later. Vikings are also a sleeper spot for him, I think, and Penix. What did you and uh 
you and old Dunlap asked me at the senior bowl. You said, Ray, if you got to draft one of these guys, who are you taking? What was my answer? <laughs> None. That was exact <laughs> kind of exactly my kind of my thoughts too. I don't I I that was very depressing to be honest with you. That whole senior bowl was kind of depressing at the quarterback position. But I agree with your strategy. And if Knicks gets the capital, then you've got to take them round one. It's just the game. It's the name of the game, man. But right here, I will stop the fall. The value's too good. I'm fine with taking Brock Bowers right here at the one, what are we, 111 spot. There's no There's no way we're letting him fall out of the first, whether it was me or you. I'm not taking panics over him. I'm not taking yep. X worthy over him. The, and, a, and understand, this is not an indictment against Bowers. It's playing towards the format. It's PP. Unless you're telling me he's going to go out there and be a hundred catch 1400 yard receiver. Then there's like, you just, you're, you're kind of wasting a pick outside of value. So I'll take the value of Brock Bowers right here and I'll trade him. Uh, he went one Oh seven in the mock the other day. And I kind of had the same hesitation earlier on about taking him over some of these quarterbacks, but if he does come in under 240, I will have a little bit of worries, but Brock is a sensational prospect. I'm going to stick at quarterback here. Um, I like a receiver or two that are here. I'm not going to touch running back. I'm going to go back to Penix. Again, same conversation from the senior bowl. I didn't love what I saw, but it is a different setting. Not everybody succeeds in those settings. And I think Penix is a guy that we saw all year uh, dominate at Washington with the, with a pretty good trio wide receivers uh, and a good running back. And I think Penix is going to be just fine in the NFL. And if he does fall to round two, it'll put a little bit of chip on his shoulder. And I think he'll end up in an offense that it will suffice. And again, I brought up Minnesota a minute ago with Penn, with uh, with Knicks. If they don't trade up and a Knicks is there, they could potentially draft a Knicks. But if they skip out on it and they end up moving back up from that second pick, to me, Penix with Jefferson and Addison and Hawkinson, shit, I, you can't go wrong right there. So I'm just going to bet on Penix uh, getting a, a solid landing spot. And, again, it's a quarterback in super flex. We're at the 12 spot, and you're getting QB, one, two, three, four, five, six right here. And six, yeah. you can make a conversation. Like I just said, if he's in an offense like Minnesota, you could 100%, you could 100% see him finishing – as the QB one among this rookie class as a rookie, if he ends up in an offense like that. You think he's got, I'm just asking you, and this isn't a comp, but do you think he's got some CJ Stroud to his game to be able to walk into a situation like Minnesota and just distribute the ball? That very interesting you bring that up. I I I do. You know I was high on Levis and I wasn't as high on Stroud last year, but this is the exact thing you're seeing is it like everything you can kind of draw you can watch all of last year's Stroud if you can remember it and you kind of see how this Penix thing is unfolding other than like the projected draft capital and you kind of see him just side by side he's kind of getting pushed off he's kind of getting ignored you know the S2 thing came out with Stroud Penix doesn't have a great senior bowl it's just like and how they performed in college and the coaching steps that they were with in college and the way that they elevated those offenses I I so it's hard to put a comp like that on a guy after the dude just sets like rookie records, but yeah, the storyline, the how those how those players interact in person and versus on the field and on the field and things of that nature, I think Penix is a leader and he could do that. All right, so we're here at the two hundred one, and we're going to recap round one really quickly. One hundred one was Caleb Williams, quarterback at the USC. And one hundred two was Drake May. Three was Marvin Harrison Jr. Four, Jaden Daniels. Malik Neighbors went fifth. We had a run of wide receivers here. Roma Dunze sixth. Brian Thomas from LSU went seven. Troy Franklin went one hundred eight from Oregon. Back to back quarterback with JJ McCarthy and Bo Nix. Followed by followed by the fall of Brock Bowers to one eleven, and then Michael Penix at the one twelve. We're going to go through two more rounds pretty quickly here. Ray's back on the clock here at the 201. 
I'll rapid fire this bad boy. X worthy, 201 for me. He's my wide receiver five in the class. Drops, I know it, but he's got game changing speed. And he had put together a phenomenal freshman season at uh, Texas. So X worthy, 201 for me. Sign me up. That was the pick. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and go back to running back. I'm going to go to running back right here. And for me, it's really close between running back one and running back two. Last time I went Braylon Allen. This time I'm going to go Blake Corum. The draft capital would tell you Blake Corum is going to be the first running back drafted. His ADP right now in NFL mock draft database is 59th overall, which is not great because that's the end of the second round. But that's what we're looking at right now. I'm not sure it ends up that way, but I'm going to go Blake Corum here. 2-0-2. So many wide receivers in this class, Cody, and I just think this is why NFL teams may wait because they're so talented. So right here, I am going to go to the wide receiver well, and I'm going to take Keon Coleman out of Florida State. I'm still going to bet on the athleticism, punt return ability. I think the capital will be their top 50 pick, Keon Coleman out of Florida State. Give me a a comp. Do you get a comp for Keon Coleman? None. Zero. If I had to put one, uh, well, I've got, I I do have one. Wasn't going to release this yet, but people need to go back to the prospect. He reminds me a lot of Nico Collins coming out of Michigan. Oh, I like that. Ooh. Yeah. That's been, I've, I've had that written down in my report. I was like, I'm watching Nico Collins coming out of Michigan. Hmm. I hope it doesn't take him that long to break out, but Ooh. It might. It might. He's got some. He's got some room to grow. But he reminds me, just frame play style wise. He reminds. Go watch Nico at Michigan, and then turn on Keon Coleman tape, and it's like identical. You can get stuff like this over at DestinationDevy.com. Go over there right now. Tap into everything that Ray's got going over there with Jay Rich and the entire crew over at DestinationDevy.com. Find those comps because I know he's got some more. Isaac Bruce. So Nico Collins, he's got some, he's got some cops coming. I know he's got some more in the bag. So we're gonna go over there and find those destinationdevy.com. 204 here though. I'm going tight end. I'm going Jatavian Sanders. Um, I watched him all year. I did the Orange Blood show with, with Alex, so I had to watch every Texas show, break down all this shit. And Jatavian Sanders is a liability in the running game, but a guy that you can put in an offense and plug and play him a lot in the slot. A lot of it is an H-back anywhere, really, as a receiving tight end. Um, I don't want to say like a Chigakonkwo type, but I think he can come in easily be a, a more dependable piece at the tight end position than a Chigakonkwo, putting him probably in the top 14, top 12 at the tight end position as a rookie. And I know expectations of tight ends as rookies is not up here, but as Jatavian Sanders is a pro's pro, was thinking about going back to school, didn't. He's coming out. I'm taking him here 2-0-4. Love it, man. Big fan of JT Sanders. Big fan. Um, got some people down at UT that are intimately involved in that program, and I've uh, heard nothing but positive things about his mentality, that dog mentality. Big fan of uh, Jatavian Sanders. I'm up, and uh, I'm going to go back to the wide receiver pool, and I'm going to stay in uh, Austin, Texas, and take Adnan Mitchell. I like him. I think he's just smooth. I, again, not a number one. I'm hoping he can develop into a wide receiver, too. We'll see how things play out from a fantasy perspective. He just, he's smooth and he does everything well, but he's not exceptional at any one thing. But I really like 80s game. He's, he feels like the old man that goes the wreck that just gets buckets and it doesn't look real sexy, mm-hmm. but I'm a fan of his game. Adnan Mitchell here for me at 205. 
Hard to argue with that. I think he and Coleman are going to be discussed back and forth a lot in the class. And I know Coleman's a little bit thicker through, thicker than him, but Adnai's a gamer, as you as you just brought up. He dominated at Texas this year in his sole season. Uh, at the 206, this is, a, this is a tougher spot for me. I, I, I kind of want to go back to running back. But again, with the class and the depth at the wide receiver position, I got one guy that's that's sticking out above the rest, and it's maybe a guy I'm a little higher on. But I'm going to go Javon Baker from Central Florida. Javon Baker uh, is a lesser-known prospect, went to Alabama, transferred to UCF, dominated the last couple of years. He's about he's I wouldn't say he's the best route runner in the class, but he's a he's a he's up there for me. Uh, I think I love his suddenness in and out of breaks. I think he has an interesting career. It's saw highs. He won championships at Alabama. Um, but my expectations, he falls to the mid rounds of the NFL draft, which hurts him. If he goes past the third round, this is going to change. He's probably going to fall a little bit further, maybe in the third round of rookie drafts. If he goes later than the third in the NFL draft, but Javon Baker's a guy I think comes in somewhere in the Rashi Rice, Brandon Ayuk conversation. And I know Brandon Ayuk now is, is popping the last little bit, but if you remember Brandon Ayuk is a rookie, being a first round pick didn't exactly pop the first couple of years. And as far as being a route runner, I think Javon Baker is going to be competitive with these guys. Didn't have a great senior bowl, but again, that's a, it's a, it's a different setting for a player of his nature. And he did grow as the week went on. So I'm going to go Javon Baker, two Oh six. Love it. I'm uh, he's growing on me, man. He's, he's growing on me. I do believe I have him inside my top 12. Uh, so really, really growing on me with Javon Baker. We're going to stick with the senior bowl standouts. I am not touching running back yet. Because I've got a player that, Cody, the more and more I watch and dive into, like I just want to move him up higher and higher. Give me, give me the man. They say it wasn't built in a day, but Roman Wilson, man, I, I can't wait to draft him. I, I think this young man is going to continue to rise after the combine. He's probably going to put on a show there, showed what he can do at the senior bowl. I, I just he feels like a silent assassin. And there's some advanced data looking at his final season versus Amon Ross St. Brown's final season of competition. They're probably going to be drafting in similar ranges. I I'm projecting Roman Wilson. I'll just say round three draft capital right now. Would love to see him sneak into the second, but I, I think round three is fair. He's getting draft. He's not leaving day two. Big fan of Roman Wilson. I think he can come in and be a, a very effective player early. And he's the type of cat that it won't take long to know what you got from a fantasy perspective. So give me Roman Wilson 207. I can't argue with that at all. I was trying to play a little chicken there. I was like, I don't think he's going to take Javon Baker, but I kind of want to get Roman, and I ended up taking the wrong guy there. So Roman, though, um, I did see a mock. I can't remember who put it out. I think it was NFL.com. They put him at the 31st or 32nd overall pick, I think maybe to the Chiefs. Uh, in the, I think it was late last week. But So if he does end up being early second, that would uh, that, yeah. that rock – that little rocket shit's gonna get gonna get cooking on Roman Wilson, and he's here at the two hundred seven. I'm gonna go to running back right here. We had a, a five receiver slide here with a tight end in the middle of it. Keon Coleman, Jatavian Sanders, Adnai Mitchell, Javon Baker, Roman Wilson, two hundred eight. Give me the big bad bruiser, six foot two, two hundred forty five pounds, twenty years old. Braylon Allen. He's gonna get a second contract in the NFL at twenty three years old. Sign me up for Braylon Allen. Hey man, you know what? I'm gonna tap into running back too, and I'm I'm staying in Texas, man. I- if he hadn't been hurt, he would have been my RB1 in this class. Jonathan Brooks, 209, sign me up. Receiving profile is there, rushing work, got carries alongside B. John Robinson and Roshan Johnson. I think he's better than Roshan, and I was a big Roshan fan. I'm not scared off by the ACL injury. Those things aren't death sentences of the past. Give me Jonathan Brooks here at 209. 
What uh, do, you, do you think? Do you have a projected forty or a feel for how fast he's going to be? I know, like he's not going to run because of his, his his ACL, but had he had he ran, what do you, you kind of have a projection feel? Because I've had, I've, had a, be, I've had this conversation with a few people, and it's been very broad four five zero to four six five. I think he's probably I would I would pencil him anywhere from on a high end four four eight four four nine to like four five five. I think that's his range, yeah, like, like in that, that. four five I like range. That. I like that. All right, two ten. I'm going to stick with running back again. This guy has not gotten the conversation he needs to be having in my book. Let's go, Cody. Let's go, Cody. 173 receptions in four years, which is blasphemy. Uh, Absolutely destruction in the receiving game and broke out in the rushing game in 2023. Dylan Johnson. Let's go, Cody. At the board, 210. How we doing? No one's talking about him. None. Nobody. Nobody. He's going undrafted in mocks, dude. My only concern, Cody, is the foot. Yeah. I just yeah. athletes and foot injuries scare the living daylights out of me. But thank you for showing some respect to Dylan Johnson, who's freaking awesome. And it could be that sleeper running back in this class. I've been waiting to pump him up because nobody is. Thank you for doing it, Dylan Johnson. I'm a big fan. 211. Give me Cooper Cup Jr., baby. Lad McConkey, <laughs> 211. And listen, I'm using the comp because he told me face to face. That's who he models his game after. Cooper Cup. Lad McConkey, quick off the line. We know everything about him. Give me him to 11. I love that. I can't argue with that one. Uh, I'm going to go receiver here. And no, nah, I'm not. No, 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 no. I'm going to go back to running back. Just give me give me Jalen Wright. My boy, Matty Kewum's kind of convinced me this Jalen Wright thing. Wright was injured, didn't go to the senior bowl. But he was on the, he was on the Feldman's Freaks list. And supposedly he's going to run the four threes, 215, 210 pounds. I'm just betting on Maddie right here. I haven't watched Jalen Wright yet, to be honest with you. I haven't watched a lick of the tape. Um, Jabari Small was at the Shrine Bowl. I wasn't that impressed, but he was his, he was his running back yeah. at Tennessee. But Jalen Wright here, I'm going to go 212 to close out round two with Jalen Wright from Tennessee, and I'm going to kick you the Ray for the 301. All right, 301, Trey Benson, running back out of LSU. A lot of people's RB1. A little disappointed in Benson this season, but he's got the size. I think the athleticism is there. He should find a role in the NFL. I this He was one of the more disappointing ones for me this year. I was looking for yep. like this dude. He can take this thing. I know we came in with you know Travion Henderson, and then Jonathan Brooks kind of take over, took over, and I was like, the last five weeks of the year, I was like, hey, Trey Benson, like this – it's on the golden platter. It's on the silver platter. Just yep. take it and run with it. And he just didn't do it. And so I'm yep. kind of a little, little down on that situation. Um, 302 right here. I'm going to go down the board a little bit. Jalen Polk, Let's wide receiver, go. Washington. This write-up is going to be up at rosterwatch.com here in just a little bit. Um, Polk finished 108 targets in 2023, 15th in the country, 16.8 yards per reception. Doesn't really play that way. For me, he plays between the 5 and 15 yards of the line scrimmage mark spot, which reminded me a lot of Adam Thielen. And if I can get an Adam Ooh. Thielen that's a little more polished coming out of college and he Ooh. gets a little, you know, early third, late second round draft capital, which is kind of where I feel he belongs, your boy's going to be very happy taking him here in the third round of a, of a rookie mock draft because he's going to be a guy, and again, it's not the Puka Nukua of the class, but it's going to be a guy drafted in that range that can have some very uh, solid output. I'm not saying he's going to break the records, but I'm saying he's going to be a guy drafted late that can have some good, good output to help your fantasy team in 2024. 
Uh, you are just, I'm loving you right now. Giving respect to the players who are getting non Jalen Polk. I don't know how you can watch Penix or Odunze tape and not walk away and say who the hell is number two on the other side of the field. He is incredible. I got him as a top 10 receiver in the class, but this is super flex and Cody. I actually went to our DMS and I'm just going to say it. You were a couple of years early, Cody. You were a little (laughs) too early. Okay. I went to the DMS. Spencer freaking Rattler is super flex, man. I, I mean, uh, I probably could have taken him a couple of picks ago. This is a young man. Arm talent is there. All the BS about his maturity issues. Listen, I talked to him. I watched him interact with kids at this. I don't think that I think that he has been humbled. He's went through these things. He's very self-aware. I don't know what he's going to be at the next level, but the arm talent is unquestioned. Spencer Rattler signed me up at 303. Do it to him. That's all I'm going to say right there. Again, yes, he was immature a couple years ago. I was ahead of my skis on that one, but Rattler's going to be a good pro. And I and, and, yeah. and I, I like what I – he. you said it. He was the takeaway of the week. Everybody, you know, came around on it eventually. He was takeaway of the week down there at the Senior Bowl. 304, another Senior Bowler here. The more overpowering, the more daunting receiver, I thought, Brendan Rice. And I was kind of looking for that to be Xavier Leggett. I think everybody was. Xavier Leggett, he told us that was how he wanted to be pronounced. Brendan Rice, USC, 6'2", 215, the son of the great Jerry Rice, does not play the same way as Jerry does. I think he's got his own unique (laughs) package that he brings to the table. To me, it reminded me a lot of Zay Jones. Zay Jones was disgusting coming out of Eastern Carolina. And... I think he's silky smooth. He didn't dominate the senior bowl. I think he did enough, and I think he's got enough to grow into um, to be a number two. And, of course, the door's always open to be the number one when Jerry Rice is your father and you're learning from him and you're going to be in the pro in the NFL. And it, it all depends on what he wants. If he wants to grow and grow and grow, I got a good feeling that guy that he goes home to or he goes home and calls every night, probably going to assist him in helping him grow. So 304 feels like a good value for a receiver that feels like he's already ready for the pros but there's a lot left that can be un, un, unboxed. Yeah, big fan of Brendan Rice. I thought he had a phenomenal week in Mobile. I'm going to go to the running back position early to Claire. We're going to go back to the West Coast to Eugene, Oregon. I'm taking Bucky Irving, Marquise Bucky Irving. He, he fits the mold of today's new age running back, sub 200 pounder that can catch the ball out of the backfield, a lot more physical than people give him credit for. And I wouldn't be shocked if he he's drafted ahead of, you know, Johnson, Jalen Wright, some of these other running backs. I'm a big Bucky Irving fan. I like that. I I, I like that. He he brings some he brings some electricity to the game. Um, 306. I'm gonna go with a guy. I'm a little worried about because of the conversations that were had at the Senior Bowl. Everything he kept bringing up was gadget, gadget, and I don't love that. And Alex kind of brought it up. He's like, this guy was just bringing up you know gadgety situations. That means that these NFL teams are putting that in his ear which scares me because, of course, you know, the Debo yeah. Samuel thing is there, but it's not a bona fide rule. It's a, oh, you know, we'll have him out, we'll have him running back, we'll have him here, whatever. Malachi Corley is a savage. Malachi Corley had over 2,000, not receiving yards, but over 2,000 yards after catch. 2,000 yak yards. He calls himself the yak king for a reason. This guy's gained 40 pounds since he got to Western Kentucky. I just like the prospect. He's got massive mitts. I shook his hand talked to him and, I was like, all right, done deal. He may not be Debo, but he's Debo light. Sign me up. Uh, you saw him in person. He's put together pretty well. He he hits the gym, and he's solid. He is put together, Cody. I think 
think he's I think he said he benched 365. He was telling me when he was gaining weight, he's like, I just got I just, I just got addicted to the gym and I'm putting up, I think it was like 355 or 365. So that's that's quite a bit for a running back or for a wide receiver. Yeah, he looks like a damn running back. Uh all right, 307. Very polarizing player. Very polarizing player. The speed is there, <laughs> inconsistent week, but God, he can get down the field. Devontae Walker out of North Carolina mm. here at 307. Uh, listen, I have no idea. We've seen him projected in the first. I think that's a little crazy. But somebody, he's a legit 6'3. He's a big, he's a big body. The hands, they're up and down, but he's he's fast. We'll see. I'm gonna go Tez Walker. I'll leave it at that. I, I don't I don't know what else to say. We'll see. I feel the same way about him. I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I I'm very worried. And I and I when I got done with the when I got done with the tape, I I had him extremely low. And then I started looking at these mocks and I was like, round one. Round one. What what? And then I told Alex and Alex me, Alex and me ranked him like back to back. And I'm not even gonna tell you where he's at, where he was at. And then we went and saw these mocks and he's just like, what the, what did we miss? What did we miss? Yeah. Like, I like watching him during the season, but I just, I don't get it, <laughs> but we're going to learn. I guess we're going to see if we're right or if we're completely yeah. wrong, but I'm going to go here uh, with the next pick. What are we at? The 308. I'm going to go Taj Washington. I went oh. to the Shrine Bowl, saw him in the flesh. Hyper uh, fidgety, hyper uh, agility. Um Kind of has the rubber for ligaments that I kind of tabbed like Tyreek. Tyreek runs with rubber for ligaments. I'm not going to say he's like Tyreek, but the the ability to kind of just do things that other players can't even think about doing, or it takes them like you know two three steps to do it. He can just bend and do it. Uh, Taj Washington led the country in yards per route run on deep throws of 20 plus yards downfield, 39.73, seven or eight yards ahead of Brian Thomas on that. Finally crested 1,000 yards this year, playing with Brendan Rice. He played with London and Addison the last few years. Taj Washington is going to be a good pro. I am up at the 309 spot, and I am going to take a shot on a player who is physically just freakish, and we'll see how his game develops. But here at the, the late third, I think it's worth a shot on Xavier Legat, the wide receiver out of South Carolina. We'll see. I mean, he got down the field. He was able to get down the field. Some inconsistent quarterback play from his group with Carter Bradley and Michael Pratt. We'll see. I, I know a lot of people are going to comp him to Jonathan Mingo. I think he's a little better than Mingo was coming out of Ole Miss. There's still a lot to lot to work on with Xavier Leggett, but I, I'm going to bet on, on some of the physical attributes here at the back of the third. I'm going to go with a junior here. Will Shipley hasn't really gotten a ton of helium, hasn't really... I don't want to say he hasn't lived up to hype, hype, but he hasn't really lived up to the hype. Uh, he's averaged 5.2 yards per carry the last three seasons at Clemson. He's had 85 receptions. He's had 33 touchdowns. He's done the thing. He just hasn't been on a team that's won a championship, so his name hasn't really been in the limelight. He's played in 36 games. I'm going to go Will Shipley here at 310. All right, I'm up at the 311. This is my last pick, and I'm going to dynasty game theory this thing. Okay. Who's the one player – that's remaining, in my opinion, that if they get on the field and do anything of consequence, a lot of fantasy managers will be like, oh, I need to get a piece of that, right? I think there's one guy left that has that sort of black box mystique, and he's a very unicornish type player. He is ACC. a unicorn. Yes, yes, in the ACC. Yes, ACC. Who is you. it, Cody? Make the pick for me. Who is it? 
ACC. Johnny Wilson. Johnny Wilson. Johnny Wilson. It's Johnny Wilson. And I'll just say, seeing him up close and personal, I do not believe he has to move the tight end. But if he does, or they play him as a power slot, I think that's the one guy that's left that if he does anything worth a damn, Dynasty gamers are going to be like, oh, man, let me go get some Johnny Wilsons because he is a legit 6-6. And the thing with Wilson, he dropped two passes that I saw, Cody. You know when he dropped them? When there was no damn defense on the field. He dropped them in air. What are you doing, Johnny Wilson? But when they put the competition out there, he's making ridiculous grabs. And I'm like, the the difficult is easy. The easy is difficult. If he can put it all together, this is not Kelvin Benjamin. This is not Devin Funches. He is a smooth, fluid athlete. I'm a big fan of Johnny Wilson. I don't know how we're going to buy any of them. You say we're going to buy him. I don't know how we're going to buy any of them because Fusu Vu is going to have all the shares. Um, (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but but I do think you're on the right track with that one. Uh, three twelve. I'm gonna close it out. I think with a running back, there's literally four names I want to click right here. Um, I'm just gonna go Marshawn Lloyd. He looked great at the Senior Bowl. I think he was the best running back down there. 217 pounds with calves of like 185 pound. Uh, he didn't look back. 217, like, I mean, did he? He didn't. No. He, he, he didn't I mean, look. The upper body. The upper body was like 230, but the lower body was like 185. So I, uh, yeah. you know, I'm a little worried there. You know, Byron Byron Lambert, a roster watcher, would tell you that's the Darren McFadden uh, build. Uh, kind of worries him for for yeah. injuries in the NFL. But I like what I saw at Marshawn Lloyd. He's another one coming out of South Carolina two years ago, transferred to USC. I mean, I've been a big fan of this guy, and everyone over at Destination Devi's probably been talking about him, Devi guy for yep. a number of years. So Marshawn Lloyd here falls to the 312, and that is three rounds of a Superflex rookie mark draft. Took a little bit longer than we expected it to. Ray GQ, let the people know where they can find you. Ray GQ on Twitter, Destination Devi on YouTube, Destination Devi on Twitter. Just tap in everything we're doing. Thank you for having me on, Cody. Appreciate you and all the great stuff y'all doing at Roster Watch, baby. Y'all got a dope team, man. This has been a Roster Watch X exclusive mock draft. You can find it only here on X. We appreciate you guys for tapping in over here. Subscribe. Follow, click the damn button, click the heart, click the retweet. We appreciate you. We love you. And we'll see you next time.